I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Good evening and welcome back to the Death and Betrayal podcast, a horse heresy podcast and hobby blog hosted by your boys, Alex and Craig. Uh, once again, I'm Alex and uh, Craig. Much I'm, I'm Craig. How are you guys? How's everyone doing in this pandemic time? Yeah, I know I'm doing all right. Uh, getting lots of hobby oh. done at least this week for sure. How about yes. you? Oh, yeah, I've been able to get some hobby done. And not as much as I like, the weather's been fairly nice. So uh, I've been trying to enjoy the outdoors, my front porch, as much as possible. So, Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, I've been trying to drop some of those quarantine 15. Oh, and, uh, got the, bad there for a while. Yesterday. Yeah, it did. I uh, actually went out and ran hills yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just to try to get back in shape. <laughs> so what have uh, you been working on? Yeah, uh, so I mean, I got a lot done this week. If you've been checking out the Instagram page mm-hmm. uh, at Death and Betrayal 30K, mm-hmm. um, I uh, I got some some progress done on my mages. Um, I finished up those the Laxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're looking pretty all right. Got them on the they bases. Uh, Snap the one guy. <laughs> yeah. on, Droid uh, down, droid down. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking okay. I, I patched him back up. He's good to go now. They are really flimsy at the knees, like super flimsy. Yeah, yeah, they are. You can't push too hard. Um, no. I, you know, normally normally when, I mean, I do all my bases kind of separate, and then I put the model on them. Yes, yeah, same um, here. But normally I, I pin it, and I just felt like there was enough um, contact space mm-hmm. on the, the foot of the thalax that I could probably be okay. Uh, but in the future, I think I will, I will probably pin them as well. So- so you were able to get them fixed, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I mean, luckily, like uh, the way that he's bending that knee, it hides it quite well. That's good. Uh, so I don't think you'll see it unless you're actually looking for it or if you're looking up from the bottom, uh, which is mm. nice. But uh, I mean, I experimented with some contrast paints, um, and uh, I think they'll probably be my go-to for things like rubber seals, uh, rubber tubing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that yellow uh, i mean i was able to get the uh, i mean the lights washing it out a little bit because i didn't take the pictures in my light box but yeah. uh, on the the yellow cabling um i glazed up a bit of highlight but for the most part uh it was one layer of the wraith bone uh from yep. games workshop which uh it, it feels like it's got a little bit of gloss varnish in it and that's kind of how it reduces the surface tension i think yeah. Um, and then it's one coat of EN in yellow. And it's like, you know, as long as you don't slap it on there like too thick, um, I mean, it's it's tough to get a nice even shade line without mm-hmm. having to go back and, and touch it up. Um, and that's always kind of been a pain in the ass for me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, actually, I got, um, I got like 17 jump Marines uh, base coated up this week uh-huh. as well. So I was, uh, I was busy. You're a busy yourself. boy. Oh, I got, I got, uh, I got some butcher. Well, so I, I had butcher models and I, I'm not, well, hear me out when I say this world eater butchers are fantastic against anything, but other terminators, other Why's two that? room terminators. Well, I mean, they're running around with axes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, other two room terminators, plus they're always getting hit on threes. Don't get me wrong, I still have will have butchers in my World Eaters army, but this group of butchers that I did up, I actually turned them into a regular Cataphracti Terminator squad. 
Okay. And uh, so I did them up because I mean they have all the the world eaters insignia on them, and they look they're just they're a fantastic model. And I made them I made them still look aggressive, like I, a lot of closed fists and stuff like that. The uh, the sergeant still has a chain fist, the chain fist that he has regularly. But I gave them their combi bolters, so I was painting them up and uh, was working on faces. I'm still still learning faces and skin tone, but. I mean, I was happy with how the sergeant turned out. And he is up on my, uh, he's up on my Instagram at Craigor the Barbarian. He's getting a lot of love. I mean, I'm happy with him. Looking at him right now, I mean, I, all his features stick out really well. I just need to do the eyes. Uh, so I was working on them, and I started building Mark III Marines because I'm going to have a regular Marine tactical squad in my yeah. World Eaters Army that are going to be riding around in a Rhino to capture objectives. So I started building them and God, I hate building. I've built so many Marines in my, in my, in my go in the, in the game that uh, I hate building Marines so oh, yeah. much. It's, it's a pain. I'm looking at the, the red butchers uh, right now. And they, um, are they all helmetless? Uh, no, only the sergeant. Uh, or do some of them have helmets? All, all the, all the, all the ones I have are, have helmets and they have the, uh, the world eaters insignia on their helmet too. So the only one that doesn't have, uh, a helmet is the sergeant. Um, yeah, so I, I was saying I'm, I'm looking at your red butchers right now, and, and they mm. look great. Um, oh, thank you. And I, I see, I see the uh, sergeant has the butchers nails. Do they all have the butchers nails, or are some of them uh, wearing helmets? They're all they're all wearing helmets. They are all wearing helmets. He's the only one that's not. And yeah, you can see those butchers those butchers nails in his in his head. Um, oh man, just listening to uh, Betrayer lately, just. I, I feel bad for the world leaders. Like, Angrod is such a dick to them. He, he yeah, just, he's not nice. <laughs> he, do, he doesn't care about them. And quite frankly, it doesn't seem like they really care about him. So. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a theme, I think. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a, yes, yes, it is. But that's beside the point. That's for a later, that's for a later date. We'll discuss, uh, Betrayer. Um, yeah, so I've been working on them. I got the Mark III Marines. I was working on the Mark III Marines. They're going to be riding around in a Rhino. Um, and I'm going to begin. I'm waiting for a order from uh, Forge World there. I've got some uh, Phobos axes and bolters coming. And uh, I'm going to yeah. be using them on the uh, tactical squad. Uh, and the, the, I, uh, So I'll they're just going to like one hand the bolters? And then run with chain axe. Oh, no, I'm going to be slapping the because I'm using the. Uh, I'm taking them as extra weapons, so they're going to have oh, their okay. bolters as their main weapon, and I'm just going to strap axes on a few of their back, you know, on their backpacks. Um, yep. Some of them will be holding them, of course, um, but for the most part, I'm going to like this isn't my main combat squad. It's just a tactical squad to go out there and capture those objectives when needed. Yeah. And if they gotta get dirty, they're ready to get dirty. Yeah, they're gonna they're still gonna be ready to get dirty, right? Like if I have to take a charge, I'm still running chain axes and I'm still getting uh two attacks each guy. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. So. No, nothing nothing to snuff out there. It is something um, I have you're, you're getting two like if you don't charge, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the thing I'm getting two if I don't charge, yeah. and if I if I charge, I'm getting three yeah. at you know, strength five. I'm gonna be happy with that. I mean, yeah, they're not, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not my main assault troop, but they can, they're, they're a very versatile unit. They're going to be yeah. a versatile unit. You know, 
they're on an objective and they have to get charged, well, they're going to get charged. I'm going to take a few of the unit who's charging me out as long along with the with myself. So yeah, might as I well. feel like ring units is one of those things that kind of gets neglected a little bit um, in favor of the the units that really punch above their weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, I know there's a couple players that do do run the tax squad, but mm-hmm. uh, myself included. Uh, but I, I, I use them the same way. I think you're planning to use those ones, only I don't give them the, the extra close combat weapons because I'm kind of just <laughs> hoping that they don't actually have to do too much. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I mean, for the 20 points that it is, yeah, it ups the price. I I know a lot of people are like to say that uh, tackle squads are nothing more than a, you know, a tax for the game. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like these guys they're the are the they're the backbone of the Legion, you know? And I, I'm loving seeing that there is seems to be more of a shift towards this boots on the ground kind of gameplay. I've been talking with one of the guys in our community here, and you know, we've been, he's been uh, asking questions about Sons of Horus, and we were having a great conversation about Sons of Horus, and you know, uh, the way they play and tactics and stuff like that. And I was just like, you know, these guys, the Sons of Horus, are 100% the way they play is boots on the ground more the more boots on the ground the closer more aggressive play up close and personal you know and that's the I, that's one of the things i feel like like everybody calls the tactical squad attacks but they're not they're the backbone there should be your mainstay there should be tons of guys on the board yeah yeah well i mean in, in my ravens i i think i'm i'm at like 65 marines or something in my, mm. in my usual in my typical list um, but, uh, I've, I've built them in such a way that just about everything scores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, you know, I mean, my, yeah. I mean, my, H- my HQs don't score obviously, but, yeah. um, and then I, I have a quad mortar squad and, uh, and shy of that, everything else on the board is scoring. So, I mean, you know, if we're playing a narrative mission that, uh, kind of gives you points for chopping up scoring units, I'm definitely mm-hmm. at a disadvantage, but I mean, how often, like they don't, they don't come up all that often, you know, maybe one in 10 times. Well, well, I know, like, with my Sons of Horus, like, when I brought them, when I took them to LVO here in 2020, uh, I had five troop choices. Like, five troop choices, just, that's how I was running them. And, I mean, I didn't, you know, win. I did win games, but I didn't, like, win overall. But, I mean, I, I definitely played towards that more troops, lots of boots on the ground kind of thing. And I, yeah. I feel, I feel like, it, like, it's more along the lines of thematic which is interesting because that's our topic for today that is our topic for today. <laughs> yeah so um i know i know particularly uh in our area um, where things are starting to shift from from that very competitive nature to uh being a little more thematic i, I know that it's you know it's, it's it tends to be a, a concept that's somewhat foreign to folks mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i mean today let's we're going to talk a little bit about uh how to theme an army Mm-hmm. Um, once you've kind of decided, once you've been inspired by a theme, mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you take that and develop that into into something that you can play on the tabletop um, yeah. instead of, uh, you know, this this kind of um, narrative is a bad word and uh, narrative just means toned down and yes and uh, and things like that. So um, first, I mean, it, you know, this is something that. I, Obviously, I've been very passionate about, and I think it shines through in a lot of the campaigns and, and the events and stuff that, that I've written. Yes, and written yes. For. Um, right. I, I mean, uh, with, with the Hikati events and, 
in, in LVO 2019, writing the, the, well, saving the story for that one, I guess. Uh, yeah. the, the original guy who was writing it uh, was a little overwhelmed, I think. So I, I, I trimmed it up, made it a little more grimdark, and, and tried to make uh, somewhat of a story out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's the number one thing you got to see if, if you're doing a, a narrative event or if you're playing a narrative game is there has to be a reason that you're there. And, uh, yes. and as a result, there has to be consequences to why you're there and what you've done there. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, without going too deep into it, for example, the, the Hecate events, I mean, I, I don't do brackets. I don't do, uh, you know, I, I don't do, I don't do individual scores. I have a formula that kind of breaks out campaign points yeah. and then, uh, I've built the missions in such a way that, um, you know, they can easily switch dependent, not if you're loyalist or traitor, but if you're, uh, if who's, who's kind of in the lead and who's what, what the consequences of the first round was. So if, you know, as example, um, round one, uh, since it was a loyalist held planet, um, traders were coming in. Are you still there? Uh, I hit the mute button. Yep. We're okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I thought maybe my internet was bugging uh, out again. <laughs> no, yeah, somehow yeah. I hit the, the mute button. I don't know what I did there. But yeah, no, so, okay. so um, I was listening yeah, so, very intently. Perfect. <laughs> And uh, I haven't I haven't figured my camera business out yet, so I can't see it. Um, mm. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that up for the for the next episode, so folks watching on YouTube can uh, see me get a little overanimated <laughs> when I get excited. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, round one, it's loyalist held planet. Uh, the traders come in, they establish a beachhead, so that kind of puts mm-hmm. the, the loyalists on a on. Um, on a line footing so you know the the objectives in the next mission very much depend on uh the outcomes of the first one yeah exactly right so i mean the the traders now want to kind of push that line and the the loyalists kind of want to dig in try to repel the assault and then with moving into round three um that that mission was based fully on kind of how mission two had gone Mm-hmm. who is in the lead. So now the loyalists need to abandon the planet. So um, they have to try to withdraw and, and hold the line. Right. And so with that, um, I mean, I, I've taken to building up, uh, having some tables as centurion tables and some yeah. tables as, as a frontline table. And in the future, I'll, I'll be incorporating stone mortalises into that as well. So if you think of it more like a, like a role-playing game or um, an RPG, yeah, an RPG, um, or uh, not quite an RTS, but something where your, your resources are already set and limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, something like like XCOM uh, mm-hmm. or yep. Adeptus Mechanicus, right? Where okay, you've got you've got these six tech pri- tech priests, um, but you can only bring three down to the planet. Uh, so you're going to want, depending on the mission and, and what it is that you're trying to accomplish, that's going to determine um how what you kind of bring down so mm. you know the way that we did it uh was 20 uh, the frontline games were 2500 points the centurion games were 1500 and um as long as you could bring 3000 points and as long as you could make a 1500 point list or a 2500 point list uh, yeah. they could be any any mix match of the units that are in that 3k mm. uh, but that's the forces you've got that's the forces you as your commander has and and that's all they come run onto the ground. And then so in addition to that, I, I limited unique characters. So every unique character for the entire event was zero to one. So we didn't have you know three badnesses yes. running around or, or anything yeah. like that. Um, the exception of course being the Alpha Legion because uh Alpha yeah, you're, be anywhere. Alpha, well yeah he could be anywhere. This is this is true. 
Yeah. So, but we only had one Elf Legion player, so uh, there was only one Elf Arius running around. Mm. Um, and, uh, and and I mean, once once that kind of comes into play, then that's where the theme can really fit in because now, you know, there's there's no incentive to to really win. And and with that, now I've been getting a lot of questions uh, directed at myself from from a number of guys in the in the area. Well, you know, how do I make a theme? I, an example that we'll go through is an Imperial Fist player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he doesn't like the static gun line, but he loves the Imperial Fists. Yeah. Right. So so how does he? You know, how do you get into that? So um, I guess first we'll start uh, with kind of the most obvious inspiration, which I think is um, you know directly from like a Black Library novel. Yes. And I know that's that's how you're kind of doing your your world eaters. Yes. So why don't you kind of run us through? how you landed on that, well, how you got inspired by that, how you landed on that, and then how you started building it on the tabletop to represent what what was actually present at Armatura. So, so that, that's, that's interesting because my plan wasn't to build the list the way I am currently. Uh, I was more... I, I still had that idea of, you know, being not competitive because in my, in my list, I won't be taking Angron. Um, I will be taking Karn or a Praetor instead in his, in Karn's place. Cause he's not the linchpin of my army by no means. But my, I was, when I was listening to Betrayer, one of the things that really caught me was first off was when Karn was talking with the Sergeant, uh, the, the destroyer Sergeant. And one of the things that really caught my attention was these destroyers, their armor was black. And I was like, yeah. "Wow, that's that's cool. That would be something that would stand out in an all-white world leaders army having these black destroyers." And I was like, I was thinking to myself, "Well, you know, people don't really use destroyers, and you know, people like to say that they're not, you know, point effective." And I was like, mm, "Destroyers are good. They have their place, uh, you know, with the rad grenades and the rad missiles, or the you know, with rad phage." Um, I, apparently you can give them uh, because they have chain axe or chain swords. You can give them chain axes. So these guys are, Oh, that's nasty. It is nasty. I'm going to be, I'm going to be hit. If I get a rad grenade off on a squad, I'm going to be wounding them on twos. Like, well, I think the destroyers were a unit that the world leaders created. Were they not? Not a hundred percent sure about that. I think that was a death guard. Uh, but if I don't you know, know. Comment. Yeah, if you know, comment, if you, please. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, leave it in the comments. If uh, if you're not, let us know on Instagram. Um, let us know if we're wrong. Yeah, let's <laughs> let us know. know if but with so that was one of the first things that really caught my attention was this interaction between Karn and uh, a destroyer sergeant, and I was like, okay, well, you know, what the heck? Let's like no one, hardly anyone uses destroyers. In fact. I don't think I've ever seen any, anyone in our community besides myself, because I had destroyers in my Blood Angels army, use destroyers. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to add them into my list. So I, I came up with, uh, you know, added them into my list. And then uh, later on listening to the book, they were talking about these Melkador tanks uh, moving up with the, with the, uh, the world eaters and just the fire, the volley of fire the, they were laying down. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a Melkador tank in the Space Marine Army once. I know I ever. haven't. I, don't, I, I just never. And I've seen it in a Solar Ox, and then I've seen it in its Infernus <laughs> variation. Oh, yeah, the Infernus variation. 
<laughs> uh, don't don't get me started on that one. But so I was like, okay, no one uses no one that I've seen in all the games in LV at LVO. I'm not even really you know seeing it on on Facebook or Instagram. You know, I had to really search on Instagram just to even find ideas for world or for uh, Melkador tanks. So I was like, I started looking at them. I was like, oh, you know, there's something about having a 14 plus or 14 front armor with a, you know, a flare shield, you know, Spartan, we're talking the Spartan level of front facing yeah, and shoot firing off a battle cannon and having Next. that combat speed where they can move and fire or uh, move at combat speed and fire or fire and then move at combat speed. So you can, they are. I, I, they are expensive point wise. They are expensive. Uh, I think I have two of them in the list that I've done up, and I think they're taking up seven hundred and sixty points. The two of them, like they're well, I not. Think they're they're also five hull points. I think right. They are five hull points. Yes. Uh, yeah. They are weak on the side. I mean, the thirteen are on the side and eleven or twelve on the rear. So, I mean, they are vulnerable. Still, from... thirteen ain't nothing to snuff at. No, but 12, 11, 12 on the rear. I mean, a well. You know, if somebody gets back there with uh, javelins, you know, with a multi melt or even the missiles, I mean, those things are going to go, they're going to go up. And being that they are not a super heavy tank in uh, Legion armies, so they're, you know, they have the chance of blowing up on a six roll. Yeah. But I was, I just thought to myself, I was like, no one uses six roll points, actually. There's six on the rear. So still pretty good. It is pretty good. But I was thinking to myself, you know, no one uses Melkador tanks. And what would someone's face look like when I drop two Melkador tanks on the battlefield? You know, with a and flare shield. So they'll and be up in your face pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, not that they need to be, you know, up in your face. They have the battle cannon 72 inches. Yeah. But they have the ability to flank and get to the sides, side armor, and single out, you know, single out uh, units and you know, in circle, you know, they, they have a way they have like being that they're fast and they have that combat speed. And they, you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, no one uses the, these guys, but why? And I, was, I was like, I, I want to add these into my army. So I started building this, this world leaders army based on two, three pieces of information. You have Karn, you yeah. have destroyers and you have Melkador tanks. Okay. That's the three pieces of information. I have really not much more other than there are, a ton of world leaders and Angron, but Angron, I'm going to leave out because he's Angron and whatever. Yeah. So I started building so, my list. Go ahead. So it's a character. Mm-hmm. And he, it's and you, and you've you've been inspired by him because of how he behaves and how you've connected to him in the book. I did. I, I mean, I love. You pulled in another unit because of the interaction that mm-hmm. he, that that they had with Karn with this character mm-hmm. that you become connected to, mm-hmm. and then. It's just this is a cool ass fucking tank. Let's pull it in. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and and it was just it was just listening to Betrayer and just not. I, I'm not basing my whole army on the battle of you know that battle specifically on Armatura, but I was like, it gave me, it got my, my me thinking like, well, you know, you know, I heard the word Melkador tanks. And I was like, oh man, you know, I don't know anything about them. So I started looking, and then I started looking. And I was like, huh. I wonder what these would be like in a Legion army. Why not? That model's cool. It's got a very World War One look to it. Beautiful, I love uh, it. 
um i was thinking about i started thinking about painting it and how i would add the blue and you know what i would do to weather it and and you know i know that i started doing some research into the melkador tank and i know that you know it was a tank heavily used at the beginning of the great crusade and then and then the spartan and the land raider started coming out and they kind of took the place of the melkador tank and then you know when when the uh heresy really was kicking off and it was in full gear and supplies were limited these melkador tanks got brought back out for use and i was just i just thought to myself i mean you always see there's always you know you see the scarens and scaren venators and you see spartans all the time and i was just like you know oh, what's yeah. somebody gonna what's somebody gonna say when they see two melkador tanks firing battle cannons and flying all over the you know ripping around all over the battlefield you know, outflanking them. Well, not using the outflank rule, but like getting around the sides and getting yeah. those vulnerable side armor and whatnot. It was just like, why not? Like, it was, it was just it inspired me, me personally. And I'm not saying you know everyone should go and use Melkador tanks, but no, you know. no, no. This but is about was, how to theme an army that, yeah. that you want, right? And and I think I think that's an excellent point that you made um, when you said, you know, the whole thing isn't going to be themed around, uh, or you know, the entire list isn't going to be exclusively things that yeah. are mentioned in the Battle of Armatura because sometimes uh, there's not enough mention there for you to actually build um, yeah. a full 2,500, 3,000 point list out of. Mm -hmm. So I mean, the, the advice that I kind of gave um, to, uh, to this Imperial Fist player was, you know, if you like Ran, you like this character, you like these unit types, let's build a list around that, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, we did that first and that, that mm -hmm. gets us to 1750 or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Great. You know, um, you, what what other models do you like? You know, oh well, I really like Castellax, but I don't really want to do a mechanic. Great. Well, if you take a Pravian, you can fit some Castellax in. There, yep. Right. Yep. Um, I really like the Sikarin chassis. Okay. Great. You know, let's get some Sikarin tanks in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and then mm -hmm. you, you hear a little bit of back and forth. Uh, I think I think he was maybe chatting to some other folks as well. And so you know, the next list he he brings me has two Sikarin Venators in it. Oh. And I was like, well, I was like, look, man, I was like, that's going to really help you out if you run into like an all tank army, maybe. I was like, but I mean, as soon as those tanks are gone, you're paying a premium for these these two uh, Sikarins, which are now mm -hmm. going to not really have a lot of output, right? And yeah. you're, you've kind of sunk a lot of points in, into this unit um, because somebody told you it was good, right? Well. And so... so you know, it was like let's let's leave one of those and let's switch one of them out to an Arcus, mm -hmm. and you know let's drop the two Leviathans in, in drop pods, and we'll uh, you know we'll we'll drop one of those and we can put a Sikarin Arcus in there to give you a little bit of um, a little bit of anti air. I think I think part of the worry was really coming from, um, I think part of the worry was really coming from uh, he's mostly an eighth edition player. He's a new new player mm -hmm. in Heresy and. And I think vehicles are way, way tougher to take down yes. uh, in 8th edition, right? You're not getting that lucky one-pop shot. Um, yeah, because they're, they're wounds, right? I mean, I haven't yeah. played 8th edition, so... Uh, no, I've, I've played it played it a handful of times. Uh, it's not for me. Um, uh, it looks like it's outdated now too, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's funny. Some of the, some of the issues I had with it... And, and I, I usually only play it, uh, you know, for for a buddy. Um, I, you know, I might play like the odd doubles event, and then I just use yeah. some some whatever 30k models I can kind of fit into a list, uh, just to because because he's a newer guy and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he just wants like a chill dude, chill, chill doubles day. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so we don't do well because neither one of us play very much, mm-hmm. but we just show up and we try to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure a huge there. fan of it, but I'm doing it for him. And um, yeah, that's that's a rabbit hole. We'll just we'll just not get down. Yeah, but. we're not going to get down that rabbit hole. <laughs> me and you, ha- yeah. me and you have some pretty strong views on yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, so and the, the so- advice that I usually give is I say like, okay, build your theme. Mm-hmm. However many points that takes, whether it's 17, 50, or, or 2,000, then you kind of look where the gaps might be, and then you look at what sort of unit can help fill that gap without yeah. breaking the theme, right? So, I mean, let's before we kind of get into into some of my stuff, I guess we'll we'll talk about this Imperial Fist list that we were building, and so um, you know, if, if anyone's read the first wall, and I'm not going to give any spoilers to it, really. Please don't. Uh, I have not read it. I, no, I, there'll, there'll be no story spoilers. Uh, one scene spoiler, I guess, but it's just okay. a scene. Um, and uh, so, I mean, Ran, you know, Ron, um, he's kind of in Ran or Ron, R A N N. It's probably, I, I pronounce it Ran. But maybe I believe it's Ran because there's Ran World, right? That's okay. the planet from the, the Crimson Fists are on. I could be oh, wrong. Okay. I could be pronounced. I got, I could be. Pr- Butchering it. Sure. <laughs> well, let's let's just go with Rand. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so so Rand is is the leader of the assault company, right? So this is a guy who loves the Imperial Fist. He loves the lore. He loves the Siege Terra, um, and so he wants something that fits in there. But he's not really interested in doing gun lines. So this was kind of my my advice to him, because um, he's he's just getting through. I think he just finished the Solar War, um, okay. the first book in the Siege, and so uh, Rand becomes much more of a, a major player in, in the second book. And um, with Ren, he's the uh, assault company's captain. Mm-hmm. So you know he's he's known for having his two axes. If, if you look at it, the, the two axe insignia on the um, Imperial Fist heraldry. Yep. Um, that you know that's Ren's assault company. Um, and so it's a, it's a lot of borders. It, you know they're used for boarding actions, uh, and that fits because he's defending the line the Lion's Gate spaceport, which goes up pretty much into a low orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's vacuum sealed areas, and it's going to be tight. It's going to be narrow. It's going to be very much as a ZM uh, once mm-hmm. you get into the, the spaceport proper. Yeah. So um, you know, he he had a really big, really big um, excitement for Zone Mortalis fights. So okay, great. So what would fit in with this? You know, phalanx warriors with shields um, yep. and axes. Number one, right? So you got you got to have at least a you know squad of that because those are going to be Rand's like. His number ones. Um, behind that, I would put Breachers, um, very thematic for any oh, yeah. improvement player, and just a beautiful model. I, I love them. I, I'm trying to find some army that I can put them in to, to make them make sense. Um, mm-hmm. I got I got a bunch of big uh, Space Wolf shields. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll just make some Space Wolf Breachers. <laughs> They'd be great in a Zone Mortalis. They'd be great for a Zone, Zone Mortalis. Uh, oh, they're fantastic for Zone could- Mortalis. Because I know uh, I, myself, um, I love Breachers too. I love the models. And I plan on adding, just I'm going to get a squad of Breachers for my World Eaters. Because why the hell not? Well, because they're beautiful. That's why. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they, I mean, they're going to work. They're, they, I know they're going to perform fairly well in Zone Mortalis because that's really what they're meant for. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting them because they're point effective or... You know, because I know they're going to be a linchpin for my army, but that they're no, going to be no. fun and I enjoy the model. 
Yeah, and, and I think I think that's a great way to theme an army as well, especially if you're getting new to it and you haven't really been inspired. Just go with the models you like. And don't mm-hmm. worry about whether or not it's going to be the most effective on the table. Because, I mean, if you don't enjoy painting Assault Marines and you're a Blood Angels player because you love the lore and you love the Blood Angels and you used to play Blood Angels in 40K maybe, mm-hmm. like, don't just, don't just you know, make a day revelation list. Mm-hmm. There's there's a whole world of lists you could get into. Um, I mean, it, the the Blood Angel tanks in 40k. If you're coming from that, they always mm-hmm. had fast. So yeah. armored uh, is it armored breakthrough or yeah, armored breakthrough, yeah. armored breakthrough. Yeah, so armored breakthrough where you take the predators as your troops, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that's one that um, you know that that I think is how I'm probably going to build my my Blood Angels army when I finally get around them. Um, yeah, in the far, I, far future. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if if I can keep up this if I can keep up this rate of uh, hobby <laughs> progress. Oh yeah, you might by the end of the year. Yeah, who um, knows? And uh, but I mean, because you know, I can take two predators or like kind of the minimum compulsory troop choices, mm-hmm. and then I can pack tactical marines inside rhinos mm-hmm. with uh, chain swords, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I can. You know, I've I've been kind of leaning more towards uh, Ralderon and like the first company, yeah. Right? Which um, you don't see these huge assault companies too much, you know, with jump packs and everything else, uh, with the exception of in the beginning of Fear to Tread, right? Mm-hmm. But, yes, yes. Um, you know, a- anyway, uh, you know, so we, if we go back to the Imperial Fist, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know, let's get two let's get two things of breachers going here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, let's let's put them in a couple land raider Phobos because in in this scene in the first wall, mm-hmm. um, the the iron warriors are pushing in. The imperial army troopers are quite threatened. So Rand wants to launch a counterattack to allow the imperial army troopers to withdraw. Mm-hmm. So the best way to do that is you know he gets out there with his shield wall. He sets the shield wall up. Slowly tries to inch that line forward while the imperial army moves back. Mm-hmm. And this works out really really well because. As I mentioned earlier, this guy loves the Sickering chassis. Well, mm-hmm. when it's time for Ran and his shield wall to retreat, now mm-hmm. that the Imperial Army's fully fully pulled back, Sickerins kind of flip around the outside. So Sickerins and, and tank columns kind of mm-hmm. pull around on the outside. So I'm like, this is where you can build a really thematic force. Mm-hmm. And you can build it in a way that fits from a scene inside of a book. And the gaps can actually be filled pretty well. Yep. Um, you know, there was still a few points there, and, and he likes jets. So, uh, I, you know, I like the Zyphon, so I tried to push him towards that. But mm-hmm. he likes the Primaris Lightning, so we went, you know, went with that one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that Lightning gives you a little bit of anti-air, gives you a little bit of uh, ground potential. Um, if if you happen to go up against somebody who's got a lot of armor, yeah, and it gives then, you a lot of anti-armor. Those yeah, cracking missiles are—they're nasty. They are and nasty. Then if you combine that with a sicker and vinegar. Um, which should help. Oh yeah. Uh, at the very least, it should help protect your your um, guys as they walk up. Mm-hmm. Uh, your um, breacher, sorry. And then uh, you know he's you've got um, the I think the regular sicker and battle tank is one that we just don't see enough of. I think it's wildly underrated. I um, agree. The one thing that would ma- I think would make it better is if you could take it in a uh, squadron. Which yeah. I believe you should be able to know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm a little bit different on squadrons. I know I know that like they always come with a good bonus, but I, I don't like them for the very reason that I've been saved by people having them in a squadron. 
because mm. then it then it works like a unit, right? And, yeah. and the wounds and, and the penetrations pour over. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I had a squad of like five more Dathan take out two out of three vindicators that oh. were in a squadron. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just because they had melta guns, they, they had combi melters, and so mm-hmm. you know you, you get a couple lucky penetrations in there, and all of a sudden, you know you, this this huge unit that you're kind of relying on a little bit uh, mm-hmm. has a bit of a problem. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when it's in a squadron, they all have to shoot the same target as well. Correct? I believe so. Unless they, well, yes, they, it is true. And unless they, unless have, they have, uh, have power of the machine spirit, power of the machine spirit, which I mean. There's there's pros and cons to a squadron. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. I like the so, the I mean, whole point. Me. I just yeah. don't like them. Well, I mean, then that's if you don't like them, then you just don't run them in your army, right? And that's kind of what we're going to like. Yeah. It it may be let's say squadrons were the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, you don't like them, so you're not going to use them. That's not going to diminish your opinion of the game. You know, it may not help you win games but it may not it's not going to hinder you from losing because the whole point of this is you're supposed to be having fun i mean it is a competitive game you're there is a back and forth right and you the main objective is to in the game is to win be the victor over your opponent but at the same time i mean you gotta do what's gonna make you happy you gotta do what's gonna bring enjoyment out of it like not just doing what you know what you think you should do what's going to be the most productive not productive uh that's a bad choice of words um uh the most it's whatever's OP. gonna bring you the most amount of joy mm-hmm. right so i mean if because if you don't enjoy painting those blood angel um assault marines mm-hmm. and you don't enjoy how they play then you're not gonna have that much fun like yeah okay maybe maybe you're gonna win a lot um but i mean that's you know if you're not having fun while you're playing that's probably going to show while you're across the table and then the other guy that you're playing with isn't going to enjoy it so much that mm-hmm. it comes to self-fulfilling prophecy um so i mean I, I i think it's i think it's it's go with what you like go with what you enjoy painting and then also you, it's not going to be this chore painted if you enjoy mm-hmm. the model in the unit right so i mean uh you've got um you've, you've got a death guard as well and, and that's yep. kind of just what if refresh me a little bit what what that one was kind of based on well that one that one was based more along the lore of yes. the death guard and they again a boots on the ground kind of army um i went with two 15 man tactical squads uh a 10 man missile squad and an 8 man volkite squad uh using the reaping right of war so I don't, I, I do have Cassius, uh, Callus Typhus. Uh, again, he is not my linchpin for the army, so I can also train, train him out for a regular Praetor. Um, but the whole point was to maximize my troops. And I've seen what a 15-man tactical squad with a, with a uh, apothecary can do. Like, not even so much what they can do, what they can survive. Oh, and yeah. suddenly as long as you're they, not getting that double out. Yeah. And like I've 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 had a game literally swing in the in a in a different direction because one marine survived and I it just changed the whole game because it was a large squad and only one marine was still left at the end. And I was just like, well, 
my plans have gone out the window because of one Marie. But so with that being said, I, 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 I and this was at LVO too. Um, yeah. Horace, it's a long story. It doesn't matter. Horace, one Marine survived and That's he was okay. against Horace and it's just, well, so I, I was playing, I was playing against a guy and he had uh, Vox, Voxes on his uh, tactical squads. So yeah. he, he, had, he did have a large tactical squad. So my Just Aaron and Horace get into combat. And because he, the Vox is the one that lived, he was able to reroll his uh, failed leadership. And because he, he survived, just this lone Marine survived. Oh, the Vexilla. The Vexilla. The Vexilla. Sorry, yes, the v- yeah. Vexilla. Um, because that one Marine survived, Horse was stuck in combat until, his, until my opponent's turn, being that... Uh, no, sorry, until my turn. So that means I couldn't charge on my turn. So I had to kill this Marine, leaving Horace wide open, wide open. <laughs> for the barrage of firepower on my opponent's turn. And all because of a Vexilla. And, and it was that, it didn't change my opinion of Tactical Squads. Well, it did actually. I realized Vexillas are. Better, it did change it for the better. So I, I came back from, uh, from LVO 2020 here, and I was just like, I, I learned a, I learned a lot of things. Uh, being that the the I I'm not using my Death Guard as an assault army. I don't have any uh, uh, the Death Route. I don't have any Death Route in, in my list. Um, I have Grave Wardens because I, I think they're a hard hitting Terminator unit. Their uh, their grenade launchers are just phenomenal. So powerful. And it very thematic, like a redheaded stepchild. Oh yeah, they 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 have done it to me too. So I, I know the power, but I was again, I was focusing. I mean, I've got fifty-eight marines on the board, so not quite sixty. Uh, I am running a uh, two vindicator with laser destroyer rays and two predators. I think predators are so underrated. For I love uh, them. Like, I love the way they look. Oh yeah, me too. For 115 points, you're getting uh, the the Predator Auto Cannon and two last cans, Sponson last cans, and they are. It's it's not even so much that they're going to be able to take out your enemy. It's the fact that they're a threat, and if you don't like like they're going to put threats. They're going to they're going to be a threat against uh dreadnoughts are gonna be a threat against uh javelins they're gonna be a threat against a lot of things they may not be a threat against the spartan i mean unless they can get to the side but it's 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 still that they're there and they're they're spouting off eight auto cannon shots and four last cannon shots like it's that's nothing to just slouch at like they'll they'll take out a tactical squad no problem and for 115 points so 230 points for two of them i mean a decently equipped tactical squad is almost the same amount of points. I think I just I think they're so underrated, and I've used predators in a few of my armies. Like I used, I had predators with plasma destroyers or destructors or whatever they're called, yeah. and um, assault cannons for sponsons. And God, those things were a workhorse in my army. They would wipe out a Terminator squad without even blinking. And again, well, I you mean, sold me. <laughs> I'll, pardon? I'll do the armor. Is it you've sold me? I'll do the armored breakthrough. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, and that was and that was the thing. Like for, for my Blood Angels army, I was running two of them. Uh I was running uh javelins with 
uh, assault cannons. I mean, the assault cannons are just phenomenal. And I was working out a list with a, a uh, another guy and trying to figure out how I could, how many assault cannons I could get into an army. And I think in a 2,500 point army, and this was before Blood Angels had a rule. This was well, probably four, five years ago. And I was, I worked it out. I, I think I got like 20 assault cannons into this list. Like I was even thinking about taking like attack bikes with assault cannons, you know, like a, a three man attack bike squad with assault yeah. cannons and getting them into side armor of, or even into tactical squads or into terminators, you know, like they, there's so like, there's so many other ways to run. Like, I think a lot of people have this idea that, certain armies can only be played certain ways. So like, you know, kind of going back to our, the painting thing, but like blood angels, blood angels are only an assault army. That's all they're, that's I've all they've never they seen anyone play anything other than day of revelation in a blood I, angels army. But just, just a quick aside. Yeah. I, Cause I, I want you to continue, but mm -hmm. I'm looking up the old diorama picture, uh, which I assume is at Warhammer world of mm -hmm. the siege of Terra. And they've got blood angels, predators holding the line. All the white scars zip out. So, man. Well, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I see. That's the thing. Like, you know, like there's this idea. I mean, certain armies, like, like, like we can say the the white scars. I mean, they are, you know, born in the saddle. I mean, but that's just it. That that's not all they're good at. I mean, they're not. You're not going to get the benefits of you know turning them into a siege army because that's not their specialty. But that doesn't mean you can't. uh that you're stuck with only having. Like the, the only way you can play a White Scars army is bikes, 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 bikes. Now, well, to, you know what? I think Armored Breakthrough fits really well for the White Scars too. It could, yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, because I mean, you, you can take infantry models, and and this actually could probably be a really good one for the con on foot. Now that I think about it, because hmm. um, I, I haven't given the White Scars a ton of thought, to be honest with you. Um, same thing. I've only seen Jigori and Brotherhood be played for those guys. It, just in my experience, I'm sure there's hmm. other people with other themes, but. Um, like if if you're doing armored breakthrough and any any infantry type unit so that would be any infantry and terminator armor or yep. you know, power armor um obviously not jump infantry because they can't go into transports um any regular infantry type can only be taken if you have the available transport capacity so yep. if you pack a spartan or you know a storm eagle because you can take a storm eagle mm -hmm. put the con in there i actually i like the storm eagle a lot just in general so you know pack this pack the storm eagle and the con with some like ebon keshing mm -hmm. and then you got your you got your fast predators now mm -hmm. so have those bad boys as your troops and then you can take some weapon master veterans and have them in a land raider squadron of land mm -hmm. raider focus and all of a sudden mm -hmm. you've got a and, and all those tanks now gain fast Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so now you've got a really fast, really good at shooting while moving fast tank mm -hmm. army that's going to have the potential to still utilize the White Scar's special rules and their mm -hmm. special equipment like those glaives. Yep. Uh, well, and I think that's a beautiful theme that, that we've never seen. And then sprinkle bikes into flavor at that yeah. point. Right? Well, or and you, or whatever. you know, I'm thinking, cause I, I know what diorama you're talking about the siege of terror. And I'm pretty sure in that diorama Khan is a riding a land raider. Actually, I know he's riding a land. Raider. I'm a hundred percent sure he is on a land raider. Uh, yeah. Chain, and <laughs> yeah, I, th there again, there's a bunch of bikes in front of him. 
yeah. it's a really special bike leading out. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, it looks like the, the picture I'm looking at is not very high resolution. Um, but but I, there is I, like I a Land Raider coming out and there's somebody hanging out on top. Of and it. I am sure that's the con. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I, that would be so awesome tomorrow. I'll have him just riding a Spartan, you know, chains, holding him, just going hard. I, I mean, I, and that's the thing. Like, there again, we've now just come up, we've talked about a list. You know, a White Scars list that none of us, I mean, I have no intention of doing White Scars Army anytime soon, maybe one day. But there again, we talked about, we took a, we took a picture, you know, and we're talking about the yep. Siege of Terror picture and we kind of just ran with it. We just ran with ideas on, you know, how could we do this? How could we work with this? How, you know, and, you know, using, using that as inspiration for our, a, a quick little idea list that could be fun. I mean, it, it, that could be a killer army. That could and, be wicked. And anyone who knows that they're going up against white scars next, isn't going to think about, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be prepared for a bike army mm -hmm. um, because that's the norm. And, and to be honest with you, I think that's actually why I've had so much success with my Ravens. Um, it's, it's a little bit of the same sort of effect you get when a new army comes out, nobody knows how to deal with it. Nobody's list is tuned for it. Mm -hmm. And nobody's tuned to play against the Raven Guard, near, or at least in our area. I mean, they are now. Now they've caught on to my my shenanigans. But, <laughs> um, you know, the more day can get targeted pretty heavy. But oh yeah, um, it it becomes this this thing where it's like, oh, I'm not really used to seeing that. But then you get interested in it. Like I mm -hmm. love playing an army I've never played. Like even though I, you know, the first game I played against demons, I got slapped. Like yeah. but it was a really fun game. I enjoyed it a lot because I got to learn a lot. Mm -hmm. And the, well, for one thing, the paint job was phenomenal. It was Alex Bedinsky's mm -hmm. um, demon army, which is Ugh. like, looks like it crawled straight out of hell itself. Yeah. Um, and, and it's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I, I had, I had a hope, um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have to try to shoot right. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna have to try to shoot as much as I can. Um, I rolled bad, but which is just par for the course for me. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of misses in that first round. Yeah. But I, I pulled a, a really fun bait and switch on him. And and again, it was because he's not used to playing with Raven Guard. Mm -hmm. And so um, for anyone who's played my list, they know that the only thing I put on the table for my deployment is a Damocles Command Rhino. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually I'll put it in a way that I can abuse the Deep Strike bubble. But for this one, I actually put it in the far corner because we're doing the diagonal, uh, yep, the diagonal yep. deployment zones. So I put it in the far back corner and I said, okay, I'm deploy it. And he, he looks at me, he goes, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you're not going to do anything else. I'm like, no, it's just that. He's like, <laughs> you know, I, he's like, you know, I get to place portals down now, right? And, he's, and I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, okay. So, <laughs> you know, being clever, he puts the portals down kind of right around the Damocles command rhino. Yeah, and then I just set up camp in his deployment zone, <laughs> um, and and just shot at him as much as I could, and I dropped some uh, monster hunter vets, some oh, monster yeah. killer vets, uh, right next to him, and I think I I maybe hit with three of the melta gun shots, mm -hmm. <laughs> like out of ten, uh, and he, he only like the way he rolled, he only had one demon come out, so I, like his rolls were on my side, but I just couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> but uh i mean that's that's just it like i i love seeing an army that that has a great cohesive theme that's so different from the, from the norm mm -hmm. and stands out from it and and i think 
I think what I guess I'm trying to say, and this is kind of a long way to get to the point, is I, I think if you're like, don't necessarily worry that because it, it maybe looks bad on paper, that's not going to work. Mm. Build it. I always recommend that you paint the models first. Um, don't play test it because, you know, let's say you go out and you spend all this money on bikes because you want to do an Imperial Fist bike army. Yeah. And then you lose the first couple games, but you played it with gray plastic. Now you're convinced that the bikes don't really work right, but maybe you maybe you just hadn't figured it out yet. I mean, the first the first game I played with my Ravens, I lost twenty seven to seven. But well, I, I didn't just I, put them on the shelf. <laughs> see, I know I know there's a guy there's a guy in our community, and he's a, a great player, one of the best. Uh, he told me that he plays at least eight games with a list before he makes any changes to that list. And I think, I think, that's, I think that's a great suggestion because yeah, sure. You might fail those first couple games. You might not do well, but that's because you haven't found your, the stride or the way that the way the army works. Or uh, I think one of the, one of the players here, uh, the ultra player, Andy, he has basically been playing the same Ultramarines list for uh, a couple of years now. And he has that list down pat. He knows how it works together. He knows what to do with it. He doesn't win all his games. Nobody does. No, no, nobody does. But I mean, he doesn't win all his games, but he knows that list. And whenever I think I'm thinking about um, an army, you know, because one of the things I do when I'm designing an army is like, okay, well, what what's this unit's role going to be if I'm facing this army? I use Andy's ultramarines quite a lot because i i've played against his army so many times that i know i know it really well and i use it like okay well so he's got he's got the vindicator he's got the uh uh, uh vindicators with the laser destroyer rays okay what oh, okay yeah. so I, okay what am i going to do to take care of them you know he's got gilliman and gilliman's riding in a land raider and gilliman's got the uh uh uh, flamer support squad. I'm not sure if he's still running that, but he was running it for quite some time because I mean, you go to charge Gilliman and you are getting, your- yeah, it's a wall of death. <laughs> it's just a wall of death. Like I don't think I have ever charged that unit until all those Marines are dead. And, and oh, I mean, like- even, Oh God, no, he, I think he was right. He had five of them surrounding him plus Invictus and Gilliman. And I mean, he played the army really well. He had, like just the way he, he plays the army, he knows it inside and out. And I know when he start, first started using that list, he wasn't winning all his games. You know, he was probably losing most of them, but that's because he didn't find that that cohesive. You know, this works. You know, you know how can I put this? Uh, do do this first, then this, and these two. That combo work. His, yeah, he didn't have his algorithms down. Yes, yeah. I mean, and that's the same. Like, I, I spent a solid year. Didn't have his practical sorted out from his theoretical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, for my, for myself with my, my sons of Horus. I mean, I, I played them for about eighteen months straight. They were the only army I was playing. Every one, once in a while, I pull up maybe my thousand sons or, you know, whatever. Uh, on occasion, my dark angels, but they don't have full rules yet, uh, and I'm yep. waiting. I'm so waiting but that's what I but i started figuring out i'll be out soon don't worry i started figuring out the ways to you know 
like how I can make this army work and I, trial and error, right? I, I had units that I, I again, me when I started the Sons of Horus, it was for me and you to play through the Istvan three campaign, and I was originally doing them as a loyalist, uh, Sons of Horus. So I have the only air I have for my Sons of Horus is a Dread Claw drop pod, and that got added later on when I was using them in a more competitive tournament style, tournament style you know, scene. Um, but before, like, I have no air support. I have zero. I'm like, I'm looking at the army right now. I have no anti-air at all. Yeah. And that well, I and, did. And my, my Caleb Decima army is very much themed the same way. Right. I mean, I, I do run Decima Invictus cause I made a real sexy model for him, but, mm, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's tracks, it's marching guys out. It's a couple of big robots. It's mm. a lot of Thalax so I can run Ordo Reductor. Mm-hmm. And and then it's just as much esoteric and rad and energy weapons as I can get because he's just pissed off and angry. He's just he's just a, a crotchety <laughs> he wa- old man. He wants he wants the world to burn. Some people yeah. just want to wa- some men just want to watch the well robots want to watch the world burn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I guess I guess one of the things that I'm trying to say is just because I, I do, this is going to your point about paint the models first before you play test them. Because if they're painted, you're less likely to just abandon them uh, wholeheartedly. Like I have, it took me a while to figure out because I'm I have a six man last cannon squad. Now that's a heavy point sink, six man last cannon squad. It took me a while before I found out the best way to utilize them so they weren't getting murdered first turn. They were they they ha- they have a target on their back no matter what. I mean, six last cans are. That's 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 going to kill a lot of tanks. That's going to even terminators like they they were a threat to just about anything on the board. And using the right of war long march and keeping them in my deployment zone, they were relentless too. So I could move and still fire at full effect. But the first couple games, man, I no matter what I did, I could, I was you know scratching Spartans or not blowing up that vin- uh, the the vindicator that I needed to blow up or the dreadnought made all the saves i just i was getting frustrated with them but i had to stick it out and i think that's the one thing because i had painted them they were i'd never played with them you know bare resin not once they got painted and i it's, it's something as i've gotten older i've changed my i used to play test everything bare plastic or bare resin you know before i even decided to paint it and i don't do that anymore i like my Death Guard, I have never played a game with my Death Guard. And right now, other than a Vindicator and a, and a Predator, they're done. They're painted. And That's I have to get to the Vindicator, it. the Vindicator and the uh and the Predator. Um I haven't ordered them yet, but I'm gonna be ordering them here in probably the near future. But that army's I guess what I'm what I'm I'm saying is before you play with an army, maybe paint it. I, I'm I'm all for that. I mean, you know, talking again about my Ravens, I must have played 25 games with my Agapito's assault squad mm-hmm. before I finally said, okay, fine. <laughs> yes, I fully painted these guys, but now I need to paint something else up because <laughs> I can't make these guys work. Um, and I I think I think what I what I really I learned from and, and we'll talk about it more. Maybe we'll do a Raven Guard episode soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I found that because the Raven Guard have really great rules for their assault assault marines and their mm-hmm. their terminators and their bikes, and they have really good rules for standard infantry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that they don't mesh well 
I think you gotta you've you've gotta kind of go all in one direction. Um, although uh, you know, speaking speaking with um, an, another Raven Guard player in town, because he he does run decapitation strike as I do, mm. um, because it's it's thematic and it fits. But he goes all drop pod mm. instead of the one drop pod and then the um, infiltration like I do. Mm. Um, he goes all drop pod. And then I think that is a way that you can probably make some of your your salt squads and stuff work, because mm-hmm. then you can start them. You could just start you could start that squad on the field, have your drop pods drop in, and as long as you've got Alverix Mon, which I mean I do, but mm-hmm. I just break because it's cheap. And he lets me fit more cool shit in my army. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you've got him, then uh, part of his special rules are everyone coming out of a drop pod gains counterattack when they come out. Mm-hmm. right so now all this of a sudden awesome. you're kind of protected against that that uh charge which is which is funny it's funny i never thought about that because that's exactly my theory behind my, my space wolves mm-hmm. um yeah, like in in terms of how they play uh, keeping keeping on on topic my my theme is uh well it's a little bit twofold i mean i'm, I'm a big history buff um mm-hmm. i'm a huge huge fan of viking history and uh and military war history and Greco-Roman history mm. um, and mythology, but um, the uh, the Vikings were known to be small raiding parties and longboats, uh, and you know the longboats weren't huge by any stretch. They were usually a smaller type of boat, and I, I looked at taking Angel's Wrath uh, a couple mm. times, uh, but then then I'm kind of hooked into trying to take some jump infantry. I think I, I guess I could like load up on speeders and stuff maybe. Um, so maybe I'll do that down the line, but. Then I have to also build a lot of storm eagles. Uh, so my first <laughs> thought was build some storm eagles, you know, and then put twenty man packs of gray slayers in them and just drive them forward. But um, I think I think the drop pod fits it really well, and just the standard drop pod. Uh, I'm, I have one dread claw that I already have bought, so it's it's in that list. But mm-hmm. um, I bought it back, uh, you know, when I was looking at doing those traders and Bruce children for mm-hmm. his fan campaign. Yep. And um, never got around to building it, so it's in there because uh, I don't know. It's just that's where it's going to be, I guess. Oh. <laughs> I bought it. I have to paint it up and use it for something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the the Viking longboats are coming down in drop pods, which actually very much fits how they deployed on Prospero. Mm. Um, oh yeah. Right. So I mean, if if you just look at the yes, I, I agree that uh, you know having. Uh, dread claws would obviously be more beneficial because I can hide in them mm. and then get out and charge. But I think what a lot of people are forgetting, um, even though yes, the wolves are a close combat army, they all innately have counterattack. Yeah. So I don't need to spend the, the points or the money on a dread claw. I can drop, I can drop in gray slayers with combat shields. Yeah. Drop them in. Now I've got a little bit of extra protection, but if they want to charge me, I get to shoot them before I get to use my counterattack. Yeah. Right. So, and that's... Uh, Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, the advantage is not so, like, usually in the assault, the advantage goes to the the assaulter, but in your case, you're almost playing on an even playing field at that point in time. Basically, all you have to do is weather their shooting phase, and if they assault you, you're just, you guys are on the same level playing field at that point in time. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I can, you know, I, I can, to fill kind of my gap, um, I did, I did put uh, another veteran squad with, 
Meltas the same way I run with my my Ravens. Mm. They'll be in a drop pod, so hopefully that can help me survive a little bit. You know, if somebody has got uh, like a big knight or like a bane blade or something, then hopefully I can drop in and, and take it out. Um, mm. And then I've got a couple gray slayers that'll drop in, uh, and then I've got a pretty cool, um, pretty cool uh, contemptor dreadnought uh, that'll that'll drop in in a, in either a dreadnought drop pod or the the anvilus. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of depending and uh and then um i've got harville in there so uh we, we got to make sure we get a lot of terminators uh, mm-hmm. because that's that's critical right so with with orbital assault all the terminators gain deep strike at the same time yeah so now i don't need to get a warmonger or anything like that but so i've got two fairly big sized um uh uh what's it terminator squads um the regular one being in tartarus armor um, okay yeah so yeah. they can they can drop down spread out you know do they the run move. yeah exactly um or you know if i'm playing a centurion game now i've got some really scary fast terminators mm-hmm. uh, because uh uh Rarvel is in um he's in uh tartarus terminator armor as well is right? he so, yes he yes is. he is yeah. yes, yes he has an iron halo and i think that's why it gets a little deceptive but yeah um the varagir are in cataphracty but they're meant more to be guardians and human shields um mm. you know for the wolf king uh which i, I do have a lehman rust as well so I, that that's a list i think that you know I'll, I'll often run as a somewhat of a super friends but uh <laughs> got some got some cool i i just ordered that uh that made to order um terminator psyker terminator oh, yeah. librarian that yeah. that take him up um i ordered him with the i think i ordered him with the sister of battle um and now that i've saw that cinematic i, I have to really fight that temptation but uh, <laughs> and uh st- still waiting for it to to show up but um with that uh you know i can convert him into a really cool rune priest um and then uh you know i don't i don't have speaker of the dead i do have the vera gear but it's it's very much themed around this okay you know we've got the one goatee who's going to kind of lead us and let us know what's what and now it's mm-hmm. all right this is the tip of the spear we got to get in mm-hmm. um because I, I i think playing through the prospero campaign is going to be just phenomenal um, especially if you go from a frontline game down into uh into a centurion game yeah right? when they were in the catacombs like, yeah well even just running through the streets yeah, right. when it was a congested um, street, you know, building to building fight, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like a weird Viking Operation Market Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna drop in behind enemy lines and, and try to hold. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's 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 themed not only out of the lore and a picture, but it's also themed out of history because a lot, a lot of these these legions they have. Um, they have a historical flair behind them, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the the um, the emperor's children have very much of uh, you know like a uh, a Renaissance France feel. To yeah, them. French. Uh, yeah, French feel. And yeah, you got like the Alterines. Yeah, yeah, the Alter- Roman. You know, Dark Angels are knight and monk style. You know, yeah, they yeah. They, they they're they're. I mean, obviously, when Games Workshop was when they were coming up with the the legions they were obviously they had to come up they had to take from something they had to come up use something as their own uh what's the word i'm looking for muse you know and they needed something to you know 
not maybe not based strong, solely on, but you know, give them that seed of, okay, well, you know, what, what if we do Vikings? Okay, well, how would they look? And then, okay, so now we're at the Space Wolves, and 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 they they got their long hairs, they got beards, you know, they got those the leather hat, he- uh, helmets or head. Face masks, yeah. Face masks, you know, you know, very Viking. You got the Dark Angels with, you know, their their the robes and their swords, and they they they're really all about using swords. And and then, okay, well, what would that world look like? So now you got Caliban. That's this lush forest. That you know, when I think Caliban, I think of medieval Germany or uh, United Kingdom kind of thing. That's where that's that's where my mind goes. Is that dreary, dark, cloudy super dark green lush forests that you see in movies and stuff like that and for me for me i get such a a feeling from them right i mean it's Mm. it's dense forests it's lots of weird monsters and creepy happenings and you've got the Mm. watchers in the dark which are very much like you know the forest pixies and forest spirits Mm -hmm. um you know druidic legend and and then i mean you know they they have they have they've always had that rivalry with the space wolves right and i mean that entire European rivalry got kicked off when the Vikings started raiding England. Yeah. Right. Um, and the, the technology and, and actually even the style would have been very much uh, the same mm-hmm. uh, for that, for that time period. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when it, it was, it was very much Christian monks and also mixed in with, you know, Knights of God, the yeah, that, yeah, the, the King the Arthur's land. Knights of the Round Table kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, we're with God, and God is with us, and, and mm-hmm. you know, so we're gonna win against these these heathens and these yeah. barbarians, um, completely ignoring the fact that these guys just sailed to you when yeah. technology is considered not adequate enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, I get that, and I like you, you say, okay, well, the, you know, the, this the rivalry between the Dark Angels and the Space Wolves. You know, we can we can tell you when it kicked off, but really, I mean, it kicked off, before, you know, back in the you know thousands of years ago from even us, like they, that whole Viking versus you know the knights, and and and, like, and it's just Games Workshop using their own using our own history to help you know create their their universe right you know taking bits of our and i I, you know like you were saying that how you use uh you're big into the viking lore and and that's something you're you're really passionate about and that's what draws you to the space wolves well i've always been a big fan of you know king arthur and the knights of the round table and that whole knightly style and i think that's one of the reasons why i was so drawn to the dark angels like the Dark Angels are my favorite army and have been for the longest time. And it's not so much just because of their models or the rules, but because of the history that they have in general. And I'm sure you're, you feel the same way about the Space Wolves and the Vikings, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, you know, especially in 40K, I don't care too much about, you know, wolf here, wolfish wolf, while you mm. wolf. Um, but for me, that's that's why I've been kind of slowly working on them, making sure everyone is an individual character because they weren't a regimented force; they were a raiding no. party, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone was kind of individual, and, and there may have been some shared heraldry in the boat with whatever Jarl you're, yeah, pardon me, you're aligned with. But for the most part, you're showing up in your own armor. You're showing up, you know, your hair is however you want it. Mm-hmm. Your mask or your helm is is individualized. It's got inscription on it. 
you know, mm. it is superstitious. <laughs> yeah, they, they they were very superstitious. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, and that fits in with the with the goatee and the you know the rune priests and mm-hmm. and the blessings and and uh, and also you know the belief that that they're in the right, um, even even when they may not necessarily be right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. It's, it's it's a great theme, and you, you can do that with with so many so many other of the factions too. Um, you know, I mean, we're we're talking about we're talking about the White Scars earlier. The White mm. Scars have that really cool unit with um, that's like a scouting unit, right? And mm. uh, and and from there, you know, you can you can really take it and and you can you can play it out and build your army around, um, you know, Genghis Khan's yeah. sort of scouting and surrounding force. Now yeah. you're out flanking, but you've got some emissaries up front distracting, pulling from where. Yeah, it's the attentions being pulled, and you know, I, 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 there's so many ways to create a themed army, and uh, I think, I think, don't get me wrong, like a competitive list, if that's what you're, if you want to do, I mean, by all means, do a competitive list. If you want to do, you know, that thing, you know, where I think at one point in time, our the big meta in in our in our area was Spartan, uh, Scarin Venador. And the lightning, and Death Star, and a uh, Death Star in Spartan, right? Yeah. Uh, that meta has slowly changed. I feel like like it's changing for the better. That it's not because I, my God, I remember playing a we were playing an apocalypse battle, and I, there were Spartans everywhere. There were lightnings everywhere. There were scaring venators everywhere. That's just what it. That's everyone was running because it it was such a great combo, and you had your Death yeah. Stars. I remember like at one point in time in the middle of the literally the middle of the board you had vulcan you had and vulcan and his uh fire drakes you had uh fulgrim and the phoenix terminator uh phoenix uh terminators you you had angron and the red butchers like it was just this It, it it was just uh basically it was just primark specialty terminators and that's all it was in the middle of the board with Spartans. Like it was just like a, like it was just this ring of Spartans and Terminators and and whatever Primark their whatever their Primark was. So okay, let's take a break. Yeah, here. yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So let's 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 take a quick musical break and uh, and we'll be back in a. In a- All right, guys. Um, yeah. So again, we're we're talking a little bit about uh, how to theme your army, mm-hmm. um, especially for uh, for a narrative community like ours. Kind of has shifted to, and, and mm-hmm. like I think a lot of communities are. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we've talked about kind of some some inspiration sources. Uh, you know, uh, major events, Siege Terra, um, lore from the books. Uh, yeah. You, you know, um, like your lore from our own history. Uh, yeah, lore from from. Um, you know, natural history or not natural history, I guess, <laughs> from human history. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then, uh, from, from inside the black books and, and stuff as well. So I, I think, you know, the, the, the only other kind of sources I think that I've pulled off of are, um, combination of, of, 
uh, art because there's so many great, there's so much great, not just Games Workshop only art, but mm. uh, there's, fan there's art. a lot of great fan art out there too. And, um, you know, I've, I've been kind of keeping it under wraps, but I guess, I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag because uh, I'm playing the Ravens for so many years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even when I made them, I was kind of in between them and the Alpha Legion. And, and I've really decided that I think the Alpha Legion fits my play style a little bit better. Ooh. But there's one picture in particular that's always kind of jumped out to me and I've always loved it. And, and it, it's funny cause you know, you mentioned earlier how you like destroyers. Why well, I, I love them. <laughs> uh, they've been one of my favorite units, uh, ever since it started. And so that that test unit I did wasn't just for Alpharius. It's uh, it's for for the it's entire for a army. whole for a whole Alpha Legion army. I've, yes. I I've been privy to this information for a, a, about a month and a half, two months now. So this isn't shock to me. But I know yeah, well, you've been you were trying jumping to keep... on my Forge World orders. So yes, yes, that's true. So, yeah. but um, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll put a I'll put a link to the picture in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a picture of, uh, I can't quite tell what they're, what they're, uh, up against. Um, I think it might be dark Eldar maybe, uh, mm-hmm. I can't quite remember, but, um, it's a, you know, three or four destroyers. One's throwing a melt bomb and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're inside of a tight confined space and they're mm-hmm. just there to execute a mandate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, I love destroyers. So first thing I, if you want to build one out of a unit that you love, like figure out how many of those units you want first. So mm. I, I, I went with two um, because it, you know, you still got to fit some other elites in there and can't, can't hog it up too much, but yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I built it in such a way that I can use multiple right wars with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what, what I've done is I've got two units of destroyers. I've got one with the Toxifer and Flamer, which is a new, new gun. Yes. Yes. Um, but I, I think it fits very well. Um, much like my, my Caleb Decima, it's all, it's as much like radiation and nasty weaponry as mm-hmm. we can get. <laughs> sounds like you have a, it sounds like you have a fetish here there, bud. I do. Yeah. I, I have an issue. <laughs> I have a need, I have a need for absolute destruction. Absolute destruction. Total, total annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> if the soil's not usable for at least a couple hundred years after, <laughs> it's, there's no point in this battle, right? right? Yeah, you haven't done your job properly. <laughs> yeah. Um and so uh, I I think I think it's interesting because you know I, clearly I like armies that that are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And if you're worried that your army might be a little bit too different from the norm, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um because again, I I think I think it's going to play in your favor more often than than it won't. Yes. Uh, and uh so I, it's 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 all jump infantry for the most part i do have a warmonger and some mm-hmm. Larian terminators because they're badass and they have bull cuts mm-hmm. oh, yes. and uh and uh you know wh- where where i can take alfarius he'll be romping around with those guys but i've got a plasma moritat jumping down with the two squads of uh of destroyers mm-hmm. but i've got three assault squad units with melta bombs mm. And then power daggers on all surgeons, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, plasma weaponry where I can fit it in. Mm. So, I mean, I've played a number of Alpha Legion players. I played Armin a number of times. Um, the the only one that I've seen that broke the norm was uh, Dan's drop pod. Yes, Dan. Uh, Alpha yep. Legion army, and and I think I think that's a good one. Um, but I think I think what uh, what didn't attract me to it is that you're almost always kind of wedged into that counterattack. Yeah, I think. Right. Um, maybe if there's a lot of tanks, 
or a lot of armor you might you might go tank hunters maybe but yeah um for the most part i think you're always going to be in the counterattack, uh, much to darren's how darren runs his his raven guard yeah and um and i found that uh when i'm playing raven guard i'm 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 kind of playing like the Alpha Legion because I'm doing a lot of shenanigans with reserve modification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm showing up to at, at the right moment to completely overwhelm my my opponent's uh, you know critical leadership, and then mm-hmm. I'm trying to eliminate it. Yeah. And then after that, um, you know, it's it's about holding on <laughs> and try not to die. And see, uh, sorry, go ahead. See, I've always like. Uh, everybody kind of compares the Alpha Legion and the um, and the Raven Guard the same. I don't think they're the same. I always looked at the Raven Guard as a Viet Cong. You don't own the. You don't even own the ground you stand on. You know, very guerrilla warfare. Whereas I've always looked at the uh, Alpha Legion as saboteurs, and you know, every 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 everyone. I guess Ocean's Eleven style. Like everyone has a task. Everyone has uh you know uh like they're not so much guerrilla warfare as they are more saboteurs. they're like the sas they're yeah. like the sas mixed with mi5 and, and I yeah think- I was, I was, yeah, yeah like james bond style like 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 you know like very sneaky very underhanded very but not not guerrilla warfare that's that's just my view i not everyone agrees with me but i mean no i mean i i would agree with that and i think i think that's probably why i've had a little bit of dissonance with the raven guard is, is i always kind of felt i, I think i was a little because I, I was still new in general when i when i came into heresy yeah I, and and i think i miss kind of misinterpreted them as the sas special op kind of guys yeah. and, and although that that you know they are mm-hmm. um they, uh, you know, they, they talk about liberation forces and, and all these sort of things. They, they mm. seem almost a little bit more like like Navy SEALs, right? Mm. Uh, you know, they do it all by the book. They try to do it uh, in a way that, that follows the rules of engagements. Yeah. And they try to do it in a way, um, you know, with zero collateral damage or as little as possible. Yeah. And then if they need to, it's small specialized squads going into an accomplishment objective. Mm. Um Whereas I've, I've always kind of been pulled more towards the SAS sort of, uh, you know, multiple divisions within the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the intelligence side of things as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the SAS um, will, will very often work with MI5 uh, mm-hmm. in a kind of tactical manner. So, you know, to me, I, th- I think I probably would have been happier uh, or not happier necessarily because I have enjoyed playing the Ravens. But I think I think the Alpha Legion would have fit better. So now, now I've got a way, and I've got a picture, and I've got an inspiration that I can mm-hmm. create an alpha legion list that's extremely different, but extremely flexible, which yeah. only fits into the narrative even more. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read through their black book, it's it's about running, uh, it's about running missions when they have to, and mm-hmm. then when they have to show up to war, it's completely overwhelming and from all directions. And what better to do that than with jump packs and keep yeah. yourself agile and keep yourself moving, mm-hmm. right? And so. With with drop assault vanguard, I can uh, if I have to, um, you know, I can infiltrate units, but I, mm-hmm. I will always have to deploy via jeep strike, um, at least two of the three assault units. Yeah, uh, which is fine, right? And they don't have to come in the first turn if I don't want to. So again, it gives me that tactical flexibility that I like to use. Um, but if I want to, I could deploy all three of them. And now all of a sudden you have 30 assault marines with melta bombs um, that are up in your face 
and you can only snap shoot at them <laughs> um, if you're within if if they're uh, within 12 inches. Yeah. Right, and that's that's a tremendous problem. And then backing that up, all of a sudden now, right before those guys get you know charge into you with chain swords and stuff, mm-hmm. you've got yeah. rad grenades or toxic and flamers or mm-hmm. um, you know uh, uh, rad missiles coming into the to weaken the unit and soften it up. Right, and then you've yeah. got a more attack who's just going to burn somebody down with plasma yeah. fire. And then next thing you know, Alpharius and a unit of Larnians with Volkite are yeah, showing just- up. And just come in and wreck whatever's left over, you know, wipe, you know, wipe them off, wipe it completely off the face of the, the battlefield kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then I have a Zyphon in there because I like the Zyphon. I guess, um, I, sorry, go ahead. No, that was pretty much it. I guess the one thing that I do want to stress the most is don't go off and do something weird for the sake of doing something weird. Yes. And I'm not saying that's what you're doing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying no. like, we're not saying that's not what we're saying. We're saying use inspirations more, more for yourself to build your list rather than, you know, uh, point and click like this. I know this is going to work really, really well. And then don't get me wrong. I know in my world eaters army, I still have a Spartan in my world eaters army. Yep. It's a good I, tank. I, it's Probably. a great tank. It's hard to, it's hard to kill. I still have one. Do I have any Scarens or any of that? no, I only have five terminators. I'm not running red butchers. It is what it is. That's my choice. But I'm not, we're not, I don't, I think what I want to stress the most is we're not saying go and do the strange for the sake of doing the strange. What I I think we're more trying to say is do what's going to make you happy. What's going to be fun. And if it is strange and it is a little out there, Hey, that's cool. That's great. Even better. Because when you drop that down in front of your opponent and they've never seen a, a, you know, a Raven guard list like that before, they've never seen, you know, space wolf tank army. Yeah, exactly. Or a space or a a tank, a white scars tank army. Like the, it's going to throw them off. And and, in that weird, not weird, but that unorthodox uh, list for certain legions might work to your advantage. Because like you said, like you're just, with like blood angels you just day of revelations that's the go-to that's your that's what you're planning and all of a sudden now someone's dropping a armored spearhead in front of you and you're going well i didn't expect that well it's not just that too i mean i i and this is speaking purely for me um mm-hmm. but i mean i'll get distracted by the by the models by how they're mm-hmm. painted by how the force is put together, like all of those things are going to, I'm going to have such an interest in them because I want to see what you've done differently mm. that I'm probably not going to be at the top of my game. So all mm. of a sudden you played a little bit of that alpha legion warfare into my own head. Yeah. You've got um, you, psychological <laughs> warfare right then and there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, guys feel free if, if, if you want to, if you want to try something out or if you want us to workshop something with you, Send it through. Send it through to our email, deathandbetrayal at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send us a direct message on Instagram, uh, deathandbetrayal30k, mm-hmm. uh, or on Facebook at DAB Podcast. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Like, you know, we're happy to talk about that on the show. Workshop it for you. Help yeah. you develop a theme. Or if you've got a theme in mind but you don't quite know how to bring it, uh, bring it to life. Like, we'd be happy to talk about that. Um, yeah. and, and and help you guys out with that. And then when you you know. If you decide to jump into that after that, like send us pictures, let let us see. Yeah, let us see. Uh, like we we, we want to see these, not so much weird armies, but like these these interesting 
character driven, not so much even character driven, just, just this your army. Like make it your army. Don't make it everyone else's. Don't make it, you know, like everyone else's. Make it your army, what you like, and just play the fuck out of it. Yeah, green you know? stuff that greater to look like you. Yeah. Leave a helmet off of it. And then that that can be you down there. And and I think I think if you turn it into that kind of that RPG, this becomes your guys and your company and mm-hmm. this is your task force. I think you know your your involvement and your immersion is going to go up, um, and you know especially if it's fully painted. Well, so that's 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 going to go to something I always tell my my son. Uh, he's eight years old, and I'm I tell him like like this HQ, this is you. This represents you on the battlefield. That you. So, I I I, I maybe stress this to adults too. That HQ <laughs> on that tabletop, that is you. You yeah. that is who you are represented on that battlefield, and just remember that. Remember that 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 is your force, not someone yeah. else's force, not what the internet told you is good. It's you. It's a reflection of you on the battlefield. What your play style is, what your your, your what you like, what you don't like, how you think, how you, it's 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 a, such a reflection of who you are as a person that I don't think a lot of people understand that. And I mean, and that goes for the people who are competitive, competitive players. Like that's still a reflection of you. If you're a competitive player and you want to win, you want to prove that you're the best. It's still a reflection of you and not in a negative way. I'm not saying it in a negative way at all. No, but just remember that this is your force. No one else's. Don't let the internet tell you what's going to be good. What's going to be bad. Exactly. It's your Which, hobby. Yeah. It. <laughs> so. That's actually going to kind of what our next topic, next episode is going to be episode three. And we have gone quite long today. We're at an hour and 30 minutes already. So we are not going to be getting to Unremembered Empire Part 2 tonight. It's okay. Uh, We're doing it live. We can do it next. We'll, 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 we'll do it on the next podcast. Uh, but episode three, we're going to be discussing underutilized units. And not so much, you know, maybe that they're not point effective or whatever, and we've touched on that already tonight with the Melkador tanks and the uh, destroyers. and the destroyers. Uh, I've been doing some research already into the into that, and I, I was blown away by some of the. Like, I started like it really started getting the you know, the gears going in my head. Just even just researching for that episode uh, for yeah. episode three. So I think, I mean, we're at that hour and thirty minute mark, and I think people yeah, are going to. I think it's fine to do it next week. Yeah, I think I think we'll I think we're going to do Unremembered Empire Part Two uh, next week. But we do have something we want to talk about. I'm going to let you talk about the giveaway. Yeah, for sure. So um, I mean, this week alone, we've we've seen uh, explosive growth uh, from from you guys on on the Instagram, and thank you mm. so much for that. Yeah, we uh, appreciate. So it. Kind of thinking, um, you know, because we'd we'd already hit the hit the 100 mark by the time we were recording this episode. Yeah. Um, you know what what could we do to kind of say thanks to you guys and and so uh, you know Craig and I dug through our, our hobby closets a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, if if you guys can get us to 200 200 uh, followers on Instagram, um, what we're gonna do is we're we're gonna send you guys a brand new box of Mark III Marines and mm-hmm. a limited edition Forge World print of the Night Lords. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll specifically of Conrad Cruz. Specifically of Conrad Cruz, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put, a pic- put a picture of that up on Instagram. We'll put a post. Um, you know, make sure that you like it. Make sure that you follow the page. Tag a friend. And when you tag that friend, you know, 
give us give us a topic that you'd like us to discuss and mm. you'd like us to workshop here on the podcast. Yeah. For me, so whether I'll, it's I'll... whether that's a list or a theme or you know a top a general topic, uh, you know, um, alternate heresy, for example. I know that's mm. what the age of darkness really likes to do. Yeah. Uh, what but... ifs? We could do a what if an entire episode of what if what if things were different? Yeah. Well, you know, what if Angron didn't get the nails in his head? Like, what if? Yeah. Who's the sexiest Primarch? <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, put put <laughs> purely uh, scientific analysis. Put put Fulgrim <laughs> and uh, Sanguinius into a bathing suit, and, you know, let them strut their stuff. See who see who wins. But no, yeah. uh, so like, like like the details for the giveaway were going to be up on our Instagram page at Death and Betrayal. Um, so 30K, we'll have Death yeah, thirty k yeah. Instagram page. It's Death and Betrayal at Gmail dot com and yeah, so, DBA podcast uh, Facebook. So the, the the details will be up on the on the Instagram page. So look out for that. Um, and like like you know, thank you so much for the support you've already given us. Uh, and I mean, geez, we're only this is only our second episode. So yeah, you know, I'm hoping the future looks bright for us, and right now it does. So again, you know, thanks for the support and the love, and let's uh, let's make this a good one. Let's keep let's keep this uh, heresy train rolling. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and keep those Geller fields up. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Fucking thing sucks. We'll do it live.